In business, relationships matter. We all know this, right? If you want to get a job, who you know matters. You want to build a partnership, who you know matters. But if this is the case, why is there no great software to manage this whole process? Well, there is as of now. It's called PrimeFlow. PrimeFlow helps you build a relationship-driven business and even allows you to build a whole agency around your network. With PrimeFlow, you're able to connect multiple parties like clients and partners. You're able to organize high-quality prospects at scale who could potentially be business partners in the future and once people do business with each other that you've connected you can then get your fee through prime flow in a world dominated by excel and old crms products like prime flow are a godsend so thank you so much prime flow for sponsoring this episode of forward thinking founders if you want to build a relationship driven business and build an agency around your network you need prime flow go to primeflow.com or just email me matt at mattsherman.com or dm me on twitter if you want to skip the wait list and get access immediately that's primeflow.com or email me at matt at mattsherman.com or dm me on twitter primeflow.com build a relationship driven business all right, let's get into the episode. What is going on, everyone? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders. I am very grateful to have your attention, at least for the next 15 minutes of this episode. Forward Thinking Founders is a podcast where I interview pre-seed and seed stage founders about their products, what they want to build into the world, and why. We dive into how they spend their time, what's their vision, what's the origin of stories, all these things, so you can learn all about what's coming tomorrow. Because these companies haven't hit critical scale yet. Most of them haven't hit product market fit. These are just early stage companies, and the big question is, what can this be? And in this podcast, we bring that out. So with that, I really hope you enjoy your time listening to today's episode. And I've already done 200 plus, so if you like this one, listen to some of the other ones, like with Imadi Kuhn, Austin Allred, Leah Culver. We have great interviews, so check it out. Enjoy the repository, and for now, let's get into today's episode. Here we go. All right, how's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders, where we talk to founders about their companies, their visions for the future, and how the two collide. Today, I'm very excited to be talking to Amy Fan who is a co-founder of 28 Health. Welcome to the show. How's it going? Thanks, Matt. Happy to be here. I'm doing well. How about yourself? I'm doing really well. It's an afternoon, nice and energized and excited to learn more about what you're working on. For people that don't know what 28 Health is or haven't heard of it, can you kind of share what you're working on? Yeah. So with 28 Health, we're building the first women's health platform that's inclusive of underserved communities. And where our focus is, is really on individuals with Medicaid. So we built an end-to-end platform that provides telemedicine, medication delivery, as well as ongoing care. We started in birth control, and we're the only player in the six states that we're active in to accept Medicaid. So a, a couple of questions. So um, I guess first, if for the people that you target, can you kind of outline um, what, are the, what are the different things they get? What's the user experience? And also, like, how, can they, how do they um, kind of get onto the platform? Is it like SaaS? Is it you know, service-based? Can you kind of get dive a little deeper into the kind of experience of people using it? Yeah. So from a user perspective, they come onto our website. So it's a mobile responsive website. They fill out a quick medical questionnaire that's built against CDC guidelines uh, with our medical advisor. And at that point, all the hard work is done. They have an option if they want to to schedule an audio consultation with a doctor, and they can also message a doctor securely and in an encrypted way on our platform at any time. After that, we handle the prescription if they're medically eligible, as well as the delivery. And as long as they are getting their deliveries from us, they also have access to a doctor. This is particularly important for women who might be going on birth control for the first time, and 
there might be a chance to experience side effects. So our doctors will check in on them to see how they're doing, make sure that the brand that they're prescribed as well as the birth control method really fits well for them, both from a medical standpoint, but also from a lifestyle standpoint. I'd love to back up a little bit and kind of hear how do you get uh, how do you get started with this? Or I guess in other words, what's the origin story for Twenty Eight Health? Yeah, great question. So I'll I'll start maybe with a little bit more about my background. Um, so I started off my career as a consultant in Bain, and afterwards I joined a venture studio. Uh, the first product I actually built at the venture studio was a telemedicine platform for dietitians. And what that taught me and that experience, that convenience alone was not enough to overcome barriers of affordability, which is what we see for a lot of components of the healthcare system. Uh, During that time, I I was also living in the U.S. for the first time. I grew up in Canada with a very different healthcare system um, and realized how difficult it is to get care, even with insurance. So for example, on average, New patients have to wait 22 days to get an appointment with their primary care physician and with an OBGYN that's closer to a month. Um, So that was a piece where I really felt that personal friction of the healthcare system. Um, I also then later on became the general manager of a direct-to-consumer skincare startup. Loved how beauty really takes the consumer in mind at every step of the way, whether it's an online or offline experience. So I really wanted to combine the two and really think about how do we take this human-centric approach from beauty and apply it to women's health to build really dignified and empowering patient experiences? So that's, I, I love hearing origin stories, especially where like the, your career path kind of takes you to where you are now, which is, um, which I think is awesome. So you mentioned that um, you, this is open in, I believe you said eight states. How do you decide which state to open up it? Is it like, is it, is it regulation based? Is it like, how, how do you think about expansion or kind of like sh- get, getting out there um, state-wise? Yeah, so we, we're active in six states. Um, and with healthcare, all good, states, no worries. Um, with healthcare, there are many elements that are regulated at a state level. So for example, physician licensing, Medicaid, pharmacy licensing. Um, so even if you're able to launch in one state, there are a lot of learnings that you can get to replicate the model, but you can't roll out right away. And for us, the way we thought about it, um, between my co-founder Bruno and I, we wanted to first look at the need. Um, So my co-founder has a public health background. He was at the Gates Foundation, led market access for family planning, HIV and malaria. So the need perspective is really important for us. Um, The second piece we looked at was also the regulations themselves. So we started in December of 2018, launched in New York because Um, What was really interesting about New York was that we knew the telemedicine model would fit, but New York has also more rigorous regulations so that if we're able to meet New York's regulations, we would be able to replicate the model in about 45 other states. And how do you think about, like, when you you kind of look at your day or, or even weeks or months, how do you think about what to prioritize? Like, are you focused on within these six states, are you trying to make the experience as good as possible? Um, or are you more focused on like getting to all 50 states? Or I guess in a much sim- more simple way to ask the question is, what do you spend your days thinking about or and, and what working on? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think inevitably with every VC-backed startup, growth is an important component of it. So that is definitely something my co-founder I think about every day. But the other piece for us that's really, really important is making sure that we pe- treat people right. And that starts with our users, our team, our investors, our advisors, and kind of broader group of stakeholders. Uh, So that's almost how we think about 
what is the approach to growing and how do we get to the numbers that we want to? And one question that I, I kind of have is like, I'm not super familiar um, with the technicalities of the, of the healthcare system working, you know, as a, as a startup in that field, is it, or in that like kind of sector is growth. Um, how do you kind of balance like the, all the pipes and the different rows to get through the, um, the system and yeah. like making sure you're growing. I can't imagine that it's like a simple, it's like super simple. How do you kind of learn on the go and navigate the system um, eventually in like all these states? Yeah. I mean, that's a great question because I don't think the typical tech approach of go fast and break things works in healthcare. One piece is that it's much more regulated. The other piece is, the reality that we deal with people's lives. Like we can't just throw something out there and ensure that the quality isn't there, that there isn't the security around data. So it's definitely making sure we balance those things and also surrounding us with people that are much smarter than us. So we have great advisors that are really well versed in the policy aspects and the regulatory aspects to make sure that we're building things in a way that creates the best experience and the best patient outcome. Definitely. Um, since you've started working on this, what have been some things either about your customers or the market or your just kind of company building that you've learned along the way? Yeah, I would say one of the biggest misconceptions I think people have, particularly more from a business perspective, is that serving an underserved markets, so in particular Medicaid, uh, that if you're a company doing that, you should be a nonprofit. I think that's something that we got a lot of questions about early on, particularly from potential investors where they love the mission, but they don't fully understand why we're a for-profit company, um, which to me, I think is just really interesting. I think that's kind of the inherent misconception. Um, but if you actually really understand the way healthcare funding works, there's actually really interesting dynamics that allow us to be able to get high quality care to women who need it, who may not be able to afford it out of pocket, and connect them to sources of funding that already exist, namely Medicaid. Um, so I think that's a piece that not so much a learning for us, because that's really the hypothesis we had going in, but a realization that, oh, not everyone thinks like us. Actually, I have another question about that. It's actually, there are a lot of similarities between uh, my, my, the last company I worked for, Prenda, and your company. Not in the same space, right? This is education. Your, yours is not education. But Prenda also, in the same way, you know, made it work by access, going through the government and get the like, government funding, going through that route. And like, it took, a, it takes a long time for the team to kind of explain that to people, for them to like understand it, whether to investors, to customers, to the PR, to, you know, whatever. So I'm curious for you, how do you figure out how to communicate that, that like that, this is a, this is a viable path and it actually works and it makes some real money to potential investors, to customers, to just the market. Yeah. I mean, I think it's definitely a different set of communications we want to have for investors than the kind of the potential user base. So from an investor perspective, I think it's making sure that we break down the regulations in a very simple and palatable way that they get comfort that we understand what we're talking about, but they're not overwhelmed by the potential complexity of it. Um, from the user perspective, and this is some really interesting learning that we've gone from user feedback is that 
um, women who are on Medicaid don't necessarily want to have a service that says like, hey, we accept Medicaid, you should come to us because unfortunately there's a lot of historical marginalization of low-income women as well as women of color that oftentimes the healthcare services that were available to them were of lesser quality. So we really want to build those empowering experience that we that they feel like this is something that whether you have commercial insurance, whether you can pay out of pocket or Medicaid, anyone can access. And really the beauty of it is that they can access it as well. And if you were to kind of take what you've learned in every, kind of everything you're doing now and go up a thousand feet or 10,000 feet and take an overall view, what would you say things could look like in uh, um, a decade or two? Or, or I guess in other words, what's the big vision um, for your company and what direction are you rowing in? Yeah, so our vision is to be the women's health platform for underserved communities and go significantly beyond birth control and support women as they go through different life stages, whether that's STI treatment and testing, pre and postnatal, all the way out to pre and postmenopause. The other piece is we recognize they're really important partners in the space that we're starting conversations with and starting partnerships with, such as payers and providers. And those are pieces that we want to integrate to make sure that we're providing holistic care. And to make it happen, you'll need some help, right? Like you'll need employees. You might need more investors if you want more investors, mm -hmm. you know, customers, things like that. Um, but you'll definitely need help from the forward-thinking founders community. So for my, uh, my second and last question for you is how can the forward-thinking founders community help? Are you hiring? Are you looking for, fund, uh, for, for investors? Um, are you looking for partnerships? How can we help? Yeah, that's a great question. And I love that you're opening this ask. For us, we love to partner with like-minded entities. So whether they're nonprofits, community colleges, or other women's health and service brands and services that are really focused on expanding access. We will love to talk to you if you are a payer or provider interested in increasing patient engagement, increasing um, affordability and access. We would also love to talk to you. Um, and then the last piece is also, if you know of any women that are in need of the service, I hope you can let them know this is an option. So during COVID, we recognize that telemedicine is even more important than ever before. We've actually waived the doctor consultation fees for everyone. Um, so if you know of someone in need, please let them know because oftentimes we're able to find a $0 copay option for them, which means they can get birth control prescription delivery and ongoing messaging of doctors completely for free. And then if someone's hearing that or like, like, you know, I'm interested, you know, someone wants to, to learn more and connect, how can someone, how can someone connect? Do you, what's your URL? Are you on social media, Twitter, LinkedIn? Can they email you? How can someone get in touch? Yeah. So come visit us at 28health.com. It's 28 spelt out like T-W-N-T-Y-E-I-G-H-T. Um, you can also email us at contact at 28health.com if you have any questions. Feel free to connect us on social, whether Instagram or Facebook, same handle. Um, we'd love to hear from you and we want to help you however we can. I have to ask, um, I don't always ask this, but I'm curious, 28 health, what is the, or what, why 28 health? Um, we'd love to hear the origins of the name. Yeah, so 28 is the average number of days of a menstrual cycle. Got it. Makes, uh, makes sense. Well, yep. cool. Well, glad to have you on the podcast. Really appreciate you coming on and sharing what you're working on. And best of luck making it happen. Thanks, Matt. 
All right. Thank you so much for listening to the episode of Forward Thinking Founders. If you're sitting there and you're just saying, Matt, I want more. How can I get more? Well, luckily, you can get it at Forward Thinking City. Forward Thinking City is a community for the Forward Thinking Network, right? And we have multiple different aspects of the city. One, we have AMAs. Some of the previous guests that have been on the podcast, like Jonathan Barkle, Kristen Anderson, Austin Allred, come back and they do AMAs with the residents. You can ask them any question that you want, right? You can ask them about fundraising the early days how they got their customers we do these every single week with another you know really great founder that has been on the podcast additionally um, we have our pitch battles right so if you want feedback on your pitch and the opportunity to potentially pitch in front of VCs and talk one-on-one with venture capitalists this is where to do it these are monthly pitch battles so if you don't get in the first time try again right the goal is to improve and get feedback to eventually one, raise, uh, get, get into the room with the VCs. Two, raise capital. Three, so you can get back to your company and building a great startup, building a great business. The last thing I'll mention is that if you are kind of interested in just community, we have our coffee hours and happy hours where you can meet other residents, learn about what they're working on, talk about social things, anything you want. This is a city for founders. It is for investors. It is for startup enthusiasts. It's for anyone that loves startups. So if you're interested in what I'm saying, Go to forwardthinking.city and join the city for $15 a month. Um, you know, the way, the reason I charge is because I want to be able to do this full time and bring as much value as I possibly can. And I think it's well worth the value. You can ask any of the current residents and they will attest to that. So go to forwardthinking.city, join the city, and you'll see immediately the, the next AMA, the next pitch battle, the next event. And I hope to see you there. Forwardthinking.city. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow.